What's that got to do with anything? Look at James chapter 3, please. And I will explain it to you. James chapter 3. My brethren, let us, not many of you, become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they're turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire. Everyone say that with me. And the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity, the tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Your tongue and my tongue can be a fire. Did you know that? With our tongue, we can bless With our tongue, we can curse. It says, the Bible says, no man can tame the tongue. Well, what's that have to do with anything? Our words set nature in motion. Say that with me. My words set nature in motion. James 3 emphasizes the negative side of the tongue. Because human beings have the propensity to be negative instead of positive. Would you agree with how many of how many of you know somebody that when you talk to them it's always negative? You're not raising your hand because of Candace, are you? Oh no, Steve. Okay. We all know people like that. Fire has the ability to spread rapidly and bring destruction. Our words can have the same effect also. If our words can set nature in motion in a negative sense, that they can set in motion nature in a positive sense. But it'll take some time. James also likens the tongue to a rudder of a ship. And if you're going to turn that ship in a certain direction, how long does it take to turn a huge cruise ship? Takes, does it take some time? Sure it does. Well, if you have cursed for so long your children or grandchildren, or your children and grandchildren have been spoken to in a negative fashion, and you all of a sudden have a revelation that your words can change their, the course of their life, it's going to take some time. It will take time to reverse some things with our words, but it will eventually happen. Your words and my words will set nature in motion for God's blessings. Now, in the remainder of this year and what time we have, we've been on this subject of blessing for for almost the entire year. Now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty because now we're going to... Take the things that we have learned 
And I'm going to ask you to do these things. If you've been here enough this year, you've heard some things and some teaching on blessing, and I'll help you, so don't get nervous. But I'm going to have you write a blessing for your children. I'm going to have you write a blessing for your grandchildren. Oh, but pastor, you don't know what you just don't know. Yeah, I I do know. If you go to church here, I hear. I know about your kids. I know about your grandkids. I know. I don't like it. Well, then do something. Take what you've heard this year, get it down on paper, because I don't expect you to just off the cuff be able to stand up and speak a blessing over your kids. You know, I've written many prayers through the years, and I'll write it down, and I'll put my thoughts on paper, and right now I'm at the point where I'm looking at my two boys and trying to dis- to discover certain personality traits and characteristics, good things about them. Yeah, there's bad things I don't like, but there's good things. And it's the same thing with your kids and your grandkids. So you're going to have to sit down and take some time to do this. And the Spirit of God will help you and reveal to you things in your kids that, that are wonderful things, good traits, good characteristics. And then you're going to, you say, well, I don't have kids. Oh, well, there's a wonderful opportunity for your seed that will be coming your way. Because there's scriptures in the Bible, all kinds of scriptures. So your words and my words will set nature in motion for God's blessings. And and if, if you said, well, pastor, I haven't done this, and my kids are grown, and my grandkids are grown, well, there's always hope, because God is a God of mercy. Now, you've got to understand, and this is important, You must, and I must, have revelation of the power that's inherent in God's Word. You must have revelation of the fact that there's power inherent. It's in God's Word. It's built into God's Word. And then that's vital for understanding how to speak a blessing. Because if you'll have revelation, and I have revelation, that God's word is full of power, and that when you speak it, it will not return void or empty, but it will accomplish what is sent to do, and it will prosper in the thing that it is sent to. But if you don't understand there's power in God's word, then you're just mumbling words. You've got to believe there's power in the word. Oh, pastor, but you don't know the things that I've spoken over my kids and the doubt and unbelief. Then let's turn the ship. And you turn the ship with this little member called the tongue. Look at Isaiah 55. I'm not going to get through all this message today, and that's all right. I'll just pick up next week. But I I, I want to... I want to make this practical, and this is where I'm at right now, is, you know, because I, I, this book on the forgotten blessing, it's, it's a book everybody should have, every parent should have. It's written by a Jewish man who's a born-again Jew. And the Jews have understanding of the blessing of Ephraim, Ephraim and Manasseh. 
May you forget the pain of your past and may your future be fruitful. And that's what they speak over their kids. And I don't want this thing to, 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 to write a prayer and just then speak the prayer, do it every day and just do it. You know, I'd rather have you write the prayer, be anointed to write it, get it down on paper, and then maybe once a week do it. But don't make it a legalistic thing. But you've got to believe in the Word of God. And I like this scripture in Isaiah 55 describing the Word. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth to bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my Word be that goes forth from my mouth. See, that's the way you need to speak it. When you speak that blessing over your kids and grandkids, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. Amen. So be it. You know, he was doing a wonderful job in worship today because you need to get jacked up. We all do, even the preacher. And yes, there's days like you. I don't feel like coming to church. Oh, sacrilege. Well, yeah, we're human beings. We have to deal with the flesh. But you need to believe in the word. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. So you've got you've to trust in the word of God. And that's why the word is likened to rain or snow. It's going to come down. And you might have to start speaking this, this word long enough and get it in you so you know it. That it's a natural thing. That when you speak it, it's out of the abundance of the heart that blessing shall come. And this is the way I want, want it to be. And it, it might not be for your kids. You can bless your home. I, I say this at night. I thank you, Father, that you've given me a peaceable, peaceable habitation, a quiet resting place, and a safe, secure dwelling. That's a promise to me. See, you speak it. You might want to bless your home. You want to bless your finances. You might want to bless your, your storehouse. You might want to bless your pantry. You might want to bless your neighbors. So God is immutable, never, never changing in nature or character. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I found this. I want to read this to you. It's in my Bible, and I, I wrote it down because it's good. So Jesus described the word as seed also, the source of all saving life and growth possibilities transmitted from the Father to mankind. All increase of life within his love comes by his word. As human response gives place for his blessing, when received, God's word of promise will never be barren. Oh, that's so good. The power in his word will always fulfill the promise of his word. You can't differentiate the word and power. It's one of the same. God's word is full of power. Fruitfulness is the guaranteed byproduct, whether for the salvation of a lost soul or the provision of a disciple's need. God's word cannot be barren or fruitless. His own life power is within it. So I want you to begin to understand, and that's why when you sit down and you write a blessing and you write something over your children and grandchildren, make sure it's the word. 
not just your ideas, what you think, but what does the Word of God say? Look at Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. Look at this. We're going to go through this quickly. Okay, mark that and then turn to Psalms 37. Get your finger in Deuteronomy and then get your finger in Psalms 37. Because I want to go through here. Because there's a, there's a lot of scripture in the word about your seed. And I want you to see it. Starting in Deuteronomy 28, in verse 1, the Scripture tells us, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today, and that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you. You want them to come upon you? Well, then read verse 1. Be obedient. And overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Now listen, verse 4. Blessed shall be the what? Fruit of your body are your offspring. Look at Psalm 37, verse 21. The wicked borrows and does not repay. The righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. David said, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed or descendants begging bread. That's good. I meant Psalms 37, 25. See, I got good ears. I have been young and now I'm old, and yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor descendants begging bread. That's about you. I'm a righteous man. Not because of me, but because of the blood of Jesus, who I am in Christ. Are you a righteous people? A righteous believer? Yes, you are. So what's the book? The word of God says... Your seed or your descendants are never going to have to beg. And I know you can look at your kids and grandkids and think, oh, my God, how's this all going to work out? Well, what's the Scripture say? God's word will not return void or empty. I'm a righteous man, and my sons Caleb and Micah shall never have to beg. Our God, my covenant-keeping God, shall always supply their every need. That's kind of an attitude. It sure is. See, there's times i got to go through the Word because they don't always project me wanting to do that because they're kids. But the Word says something. And i got to trust in the Word. Look at Psalms 112. Psalms 112. These are good scriptures. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Did you notice before we get to verse 2, it says something about verse 1. Blessed is the man who what? 
fears the Lord who delights greatly in his commandments. Well, what's the result of that? Verse 2, his descendants will be mighty on the earth. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed and wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. What am I talking about? I'm talking about your seed and my seed and what God's word says about us. And we can't hold on to that. Look at Psalm 147. And there's so many scriptures and I'm... For sake of time, I can't give them all to you today. Psalm 147, verse 12. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. Look at Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11. I'm making you work today. Proverbs 11. I just don't know what to say over my kids. What am I giving you? Proverbs 11.21. This is, though they join forces, the wicked will not, not go unpunished. But the posterity of the righteous will be delivered. Proverbs 20. Proverbs 20. Verse 7. The righteous man walks in his in integrity. His children are what? Blessed after him. Now, I want you to, know, to realize you and I have a responsibility to our seed to walk in our integrity. You and I have a responsibility to our seed when we mess up in sin is to ask God to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You and I have a responsibility to live our lives in accordance to the word of God. And yes, we all miss it. We make mistakes, but he'll forgive us. He'll forgive us. He'll forget our sin. Amen. Now, <clears throat> look at one more scripture, and I promise you that's the last scripture. Proverbs 15, 4. And this is what I want you to see. Said all that to say this. <clears throat> Proverbs 15.4. A wholesome tongue or a healing tongue is a what? But perverseness in it or in the tongue breaks the spirit. Message Bible says kind words heal and help. Cutting words wound and maim. Now listen to this statement. It is the wholesome tongue of blessing that causes the next generation to produce good fruit. I'll say it again. It is the wholesome tongue of blessing, not the kind that produces what we watched up here. It's the wholesome tongue of blessing that causes the next generation to produce good fruit. What are you speaking? Over those two boys, I know you're speaking the word, you and your wife. Sorry I kicked your foot, but you don't have socks on, and it's, you know, it's bothering me. It's distracting me. No, it's the word your papa speaks over you. It's going to have effect on you. You're blessed. And you know why you're a blessed young man? 
I know right now, he keeps looking at you. He's going like this. <laughs> Dad, get me out of this. Your brother's not here. I pick on him, but do you know why you're blessed? Because you've got a, a righteous father, a godly man, and you're doubly blessed. And I'm not leaving Mama out. I'm com- they're both together. But your grandpa and grandma are ma- a man and woman of God, full of the Spirit of God, that have spoken the word over him since he was your age or younger than that. You can't lose. And if by chance he'd screw up and grandpa and grandma would screw up, you still got me. That's why everybody needs a pastor. Now listen, this is what I, I said all this to say. I don't want, if you forget everything else, I want you to remember this. Say, I will remember. Let me say it. Let's say it together. Say, my tongue determines the health of my seed. Say it once more. My tongue determines the health of my seed. And everybody's going, oh, he's shutting his book. So everything's, we're done. I want to read to you in closing. I want to read to you from the author. And I had more to read, but I'm just, I'm cutting it short. King David was not doing anything out of the ordinary in blessing his household following Jewish Jewish custom. David no doubt gathered his family around him at, at the evening meal and blessed them verbally. He laid hands upon the heads of his children, most probably prayed the customary blessing, may you be like Ephraim and Manasseh. In other words, may you forget the pain of your past and may you be fruitful in your future. The author says, when I first discovered this ancient path a few years ago, I began feeling a deep remorse for the missed opportunities I'd had to bless my family. Maybe that's you today. But then I read a scripture that changed my perspective. In our study of Joseph, we discovered how as a young teenage boy, he was verbally abused and rejected by his brothers and sold as a slave. I can only imagine the remorse his father felt when Joseph was later united with his family, knowing that so many, by so many years had been lost between them. But God in his mercy, God in his mercy restored. God in his mercy restored. I want you to get that in your spirit. God in his mercy restored. He's a God of mercy and he, he's a God that will restore your family. He restored those years between father and son. Jewish tradition tells us that Joseph was 17 years old when he was separated from his father. Scripture tells us that when he was reunited with his father, the two of them enjoyed 17 years together before Jacob's death. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the length of of Jacob's life was 147 years. I believe that age-long family issues and conflicts were resolved during this period of time, and Jacob had the opportunity to bless not only his son Joseph, but his grandsons Ephraim and Manasseh as well. Jacob's most productive spoken blessings were pronounced over his family in his old age. That's good for some of you to hear, not that you're that old. Dear Saint, do not live with any regrets from your past. God will graciously restore the lost years to you. You are now walking on the path of the forgotten blessing. 
and because of your willingness to forget the pain of your past and bless the very ones who have cursed you, your future will be filled with fruitfulness and completeness. Your future will be greater than your past. So don't hear and sit here and feel sorry for yourself. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let's start using our tongue to speak blessings. And you say, I don't know what to do or how to do it. Well, that's my job. I'll try to steer you in the right direction, making sure this little member is used to bless and not cause a forest fire. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. I pray, Holy Spirit, the truths that I've spoken today will be buried deep in the hearts of your people. For your word is like a seed. And I thank you, Lord, I planted that seed. Now allow it, Holy Spirit, to be watered. That it might sprout and bring forth life and fruit. Father, I thank you that in the days ahead at Harvest Church, We'll do everything in our part by your grace and with your mercy, Lord, to speak words of blessing over the next generation, over our family. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.